Hey, my name's Adam, and I am the West Shore Campus Pastor here at Coastline Church on beautiful Vancouver Island. Welcome to our podcast. All the content that you will find here is meant to point you to Jesus and encourage you in your journey wherever it is that you find yourself. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. Whoa! (laughs) That video is a little longer than I thought it was, and... uh, Certainly got a lot of vibes, and so so happy to have you here. My name is Adam. I am the campus pastor here. Uh, this is my wife Shandy and my two boys. Look at those guys. The other ones are I don't even know where they are. Good lord, they're they're somewhere. Um, uh, Emily did a great job today, didn't she? She's our uh, she's our, our next steps director here. I think that's what your title is. Um, and so hoping to get her to be Pastor Emily soon. That's the goal. Let's make this happen. But uh, really thankful for you. And it's not easy doing a lot of announcements. And uh, you, did it, you did it great. I almost gave my heart to the Lord right there, just listening to the announcements. And it's powerful. Um, I, I wanted to give a little bit of an update for everybody in the room today. Uh, in the middle of summer, we did a survey and uh, on a Sunday morning, and we handed out all of the surveys into this room, and we had 144 responses. And I thought it would be helpful as we step into the fall to go over, go through some of the, the highlights from that survey, just to give you an idea where we're at as a church. And so, so right off the top, I'm going to give you my top 10 faves. Here we go. 47% of the adults in our church who um, here currently have attended for less than a year. Which is pretty impressive. Uh, I think that's, that's kind of clappable. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us wanted to clap for that. Um, it's, um, I think that's very interesting, uh, which means, which tells me that uh, for half of you, this is the first time you've been at Welcome Home Sunday here, here at the church. And so, so to half of you, welcome. Uh, to the other half of you, welcome back. And uh, it's, it's great to have you back here. Um, it, it speaks to this idea that we are new and we are growing. We are young in, our, in, in who we are as a church. And it's, it's exciting times. Um, the second one, which I found was interesting, was 47% of the adults in our church have never joined a small group before. And so that means, um, so if let's go, let's cut the room in half here. Everyone on this side of the room, raise your hand real quick for a sec. And uh, I said, everybody, <laughs> there we go, there we go, the Lord sees you. And, uh, and, and so that means like half of this room, everybody who just raised your hand, like, like half of us have never been a part of a small group. Um, as a church, we do small groups because small groups are our way of making this big room smaller. It's our way that we facilitate discipleship in in our church. Uh, You can come to church every week, once a week, be here every Sunday, and still still have trouble feeling connected. Um, feel, have trouble um, um, growing in your faith. And, and when we do small groups, why we do small groups is to create a space for people to be able to meet one another and grow, grow together as a church. Third one I thought was interesting. 50% uh, of the adults who were surveyed have, have, have yet to have joined team. And um, I wanted to say this about team. Team is actually for everyone. And it's a little bit of a different term for people if you're, if you're newer to the church. Um, we don't use the term volunteer here at the church. Because when, when you volunteer, it's different. When you volunteer, it's more about like, oh, okay, I'll give you my time when I feel like I should give you my time. And, and it's not about volunteerism. We're not trying to make a church of volunteers. 
Team, the word team to me speaks to this concept of family. It speaks to the idea of togetherness. It speaks to this idea of everyone coming together to help move the ball down, down the field. It, it speaks to this idea of we're all in this together. Um, there, there, there's, no, there's no such thing as spectators. Like, like, like we're, all, we're all in and all on the team. And we all, we all have an opportunity and a place um, that looks different from other people. And so, so to me, as, as a pastor, I want to encourage you um, Team isn't about what you can do for me. Team is actually about what the church can do for you and gives you an opportunity to, to, to walk in your gifts and learn how, to, learn how to be who you are as God created you. Uh, the fourth one, um, 39% of the adults in our congregation have children under the age of 12. Which is interesting. It speaks to the, again, we have a lot, a lot of children in our church. We're thankful for our children's ministry upstairs. If you are uh, one of our children's um, teachers or, or, or team members, thank you so much. Um, if you're a parent, thank you for having your kids and bringing them to church. Um, in this society that we live, I, I didn't grow up going to church. And, and to me, uh, church was completely irrelevant to me. I, I had no concept of what it was, no concept of how it could be beneficial. Um, now, at, at this vantage point, from this posture, as I look back on my life, there's this piece of me that's like, I so wish I would have had the opportunity to learn about God in my child years. Um, I think I would have had a different outlook on life. Next one, I thought was really interesting. Uh, 88% of the adults in our church feel that they've grown spiritually in the last six months. That's an exciting stat. This one blessed my heart. Um, one third of the adults in our church speak a language other than English at home, which is fascinating. Um, I think it speaks, uh, I think that stat makes us unique. I think it speaks to our, our, our diversity here, and I love that, that that is who we are and how we function. 47% um, of the adults in our church receive our weekly newsletter, which tells me that there are half of you who had no idea that Welcome Home Sunday was this week. And so I want to encourage you to sign up for that. You can find it on our website. And the final one, I shared this last week, and I'll share it again because it blesses my heart. 100% of the people who took the survey felt that this church was a place where they can invite their friends. And uh, that really encouraged me because, um, wow, that's, that, that's awesome. Um, so today's Welcome Home Sunday. I, I was surfing the gram the other day, and I, and I found something on the gram, a, a, a picture. And this picture got me so excited that I had to buy it. And I had to post it in our ministry house uh, on Meaford Avenue. And uh, it just fits so well to, to who we are. And it speaks to, to, um, it speaks to our culture here at the church. And I want to show it for, to you. It's, uh, this is a house of hope, is what it says. And when I, when I think of Welcome Home Sunday... I'm going to try and make this as straight as I can for all you OCDers in there... Uh, <laughs> When I think of Welcome Home Sunday and, and, and who we are as a church, in our, in our purest form, we're, we're a house of hope. That, that, that's, that's, that's what we do here. We, we exist to bring hope into our world. And everything that we do represents that. 
And so if you have your Bible with you, I want to invite you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. For this Family Vibe series, we are going to be going through Colossians together as a church. If you're newer here, you may not know how how it works. Um, So so Pastor Andy is downtown. Pastor Nilo does our 2 p.m. Filipino service at Ignite. And here I am here in the West Shore. Every Sunday, we preach from the same theme. We do similar themes, but it's different content every, every Sunday. So you can come here on a Sunday, and we'll be going through the book of Colossians just as we would be down downtown, uh, but the sermons may feel a little bit different because I'm not Filipino and I'm not Andy. And so, so we're all, we all have a different, a different way of preaching, but we all go and get to the same place. And so Colossians chapter 1, verse 1. Um, also, if you're new with us today, most Sundays I'll read from the New Living Translation. The Bible's translated in many different ways, and there's different schools of thought when it comes to translating the Bible, because the Bible wasn't written in English. Okay? And so here we have the Bible written in, in Hebrew and Greek primarily. And so there's two different thought. There's different schools of thought when it comes to translation. You can have word for word type translation, and this will sound more like King James Version. And, and so it's, it's, it's a little bit harder to read. It's a little bit harder to um, apply to maybe modern, like today, to, to the way we think and the way we approach culture right now. Then there's, the, um, on the other side, there's the thought for thought kind of way to, to, to translate. And so you take what was, writ- what was how it was said in the original context, and then you translate it to, to a similar thought that would be more applicable for today. And so that's what the New Living Translation is. If I'm writing a sermon, uh, I will usually use many different translations, but when I preach, when I share from the Word, I usually go New Living Translation because that way, um, people who have never heard the Bible or never read the Scriptures before, it's a little more palatable for them, and it's a little easier to get into. So that's why I do what I do, and that's where we're reading from. Colossians chapter 1, verse 1 says these words. Here we go. This letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Coloss, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God the Father give you grace and peace. In other words, essentially what Paul's saying is he's saying, Dear Church, as you step into this next season, I have a message for you. And what I love about the scriptures is just as this was written originally to this particular group of people, we can apply it to our lives in the here and now as well. This Bible is timeless in that sense. What what applied to people 2,000 years ago still applies today. So I want to continue reading this with you. This is what he says, verse 3. I appreciate this. He says, we always pray for you. What What a special place to be to know that there's somebody who's always praying for you. We always pray for you. We we, we give thanks to God for you, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, And here at this church, if you were to say to me, Pastor Adam, if you're a house of hope, what does what on earth does that mean? Well, as a house of hope, we're gonna prioritize certain things. And one of the things that we prioritize as a church is we prioritize prayer and thankfulness. We're people of prayer. And and Shandy and I, we we pray for you. Our, Our church staff prays for you. Our church team, we gathered together before anybody walked through those doors this morning and we prayed for you. 
As a church downtown, every, every Tuesday at noon, as a church, we gather together and we pray for you. There are people who have been praying for you long before you even knew God existed. Uh, there are people who've been praying for you, praying for this moment, this morning, before you even woke up. And so know that you've been prayed for and know that we're thankful for you. And you can get a long way in life if you adapt a practice of prayer and thankfulness. And so as a house, as a church, this is, this is part of who we are. For the 50% of you who haven't been here before on a Welcome Home Sunday, we're a house of prayer and we're a house of thankfulness. And this is how we function. He, he continues. He says, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for God's people. And I want to stop right there because in that little sentence, at its core, we really see the essence of what the Christian faith actually is. He notes that, he says, for we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ, number one, and your love for God's people, number two. If you said, what are you a house of? Where we are a house where, where we care deeply about your faith in Jesus. And we care deeply about our love for people. The two go hand in hand. That's why there's this piece of me that's so excited that the majority of this people, people in this room, we've grown in our faith in the last six months. That's exciting. What I didn't reference in that particular um, uh, survey was that 17% of the people who took that survey were there for the first time ever on that Sunday. So that actually fills up that other 87% on, on the other side, which is very interesting. That piece gets me excited. The piece that where you feel comfortable to bring a friend to church tells me that we're a church that loves people. And you see that as a priority. And as we step into the fall, that is significant for us as a church. We, 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 we want to grow in our faith in Jesus, and we want to grow in our ability to, to love others. In fact, if you're, if you're a goal-setting person, that would, be, that would be my homework I would set for you. I would challenge you to say, okay, okay, God, how is it in these next few months from, let's just, we'll set a goal for December. Between now and December, as we step into the fall, how can I grow in my faith in Jesus? And how can I love people more? So as a church, as, as Emily said earlier, we have several different things that you can get involved with at the church. Maybe it's joining a small group, and that would be a very practical step for learning to, to, to be able to grow in your faith. Or maybe it's serving on team, or another practical step where you can learn how you can love people more. He continues, I love this. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Where does it come from? Verse five which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. So as a church, we prioritize, uh, we prioritize if we're gonna be a house of hope, we prioritize, one, our, our faith in Christ and our love for people, but the other thing we need to do as well is we need to prioritize our, our, our hope in heaven we are, we are eternal thinkers. We, we are very much alive in the here and now, but we gotta, be, we gotta be able to zoom out. We gotta be able to see the long game. 
And, and our hope in heaven is a piece of who we are, what makes us who we are. And the other side of that is the truth of the good news. We gotta be a church, we gotta be people of truth. People of truth of the, the, the good news, the gospel, that is, that is who is Jesus. Everything that we do as a church will point to Jesus. So if you stay for milk and cookies after the service, for example, the whole point of that is to, to help you find people, meet somebody so that way you can be pointed to Jesus. We have chocolate milk, which I'm so excited about. And then I was trying to describe the flavor of normal milk to people. So we have chocolate milk and milk-flavored milk. And uh, that doesn't even make any sense, but it, it did in my mind earlier when I was thinking about it. <laughs> Another fun thing that we're going to be doing as a church, and this is something I want you to make note of. And, and Bev, wait, raise your hand, Bev, over here. Oh, you little hand raiser. Bev will be out in the 55-plus booth after the service. And her little booth... That's oh, overstated. It's a round table. Yeah. On one side of her table is going to be everything pertaining to 55 plus ministry. So if you're 55 plus, come talk to Bev. You don't want to miss out. But on the other side of her tiny little table is a beautiful plate and a fork and a knife and a sign-up sheet. Because something that we want to do on September 23rd is a, a community dinner. Or some people call it, guess who's coming for dinner? And this is what the event's going to look like. I need two types of people. I need people who will sign up as hosts, who say, yes, I can host some people to come over to my house for dinner. I would love to meet new people in the church. But I also need people who are going to sign up and say, I'm just going to go to somewhere and eat. That's an easy one, all right? And you bring your kids, you bring your family, you bring your hot date, whatever you want to do. Bring yourself, just come. And so we need two types of people. We need people who can host, who will sign up, and we need people who want to meet some new people who can sign up. And the goal of that entire thing is just to try and make this big room feel a lot smaller. Many of us, we, we said it, we saw the survey, we, we have a hard time connecting in the church. And so if you're having a hard time connecting in the church, these are the places where you can take advantage of, a, of these types of opportunities. So, so community dinners, milk and cookies, um, don't walk alone, essentially. Everything that we do points to Jesus here in the church. Verse, verse 6. I love this verse as it continues. It says, the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world, Paul writes. And it speaks to this idea of how big this message that we have actually is. And as a church, we are going to put a priority on sharing the good news all over the world. This comes in the form of Alpha. So maybe you haven't taken Alpha before, but Alpha is a 10-week course designed to explore the deeper questions of life. Who is God? Why am I here? Why does God allow suffering? What is sin? What is the Bible? How do I pray? Why did Jesus die? All those types of questions, those get hit in Alpha. It's a great opportunity. Maybe you have a neighbor or a friend who, who, who you've been talking to about Christianity, and they've got some good questions. Friends, this is your opportunity. Invite them out to Alpha. Um, it can be awesome. This is uh, our, our heart to reach the world comes in the form of ESL. Our, our ESL ministry is extraordinarily important to us here at the church. And so maybe you know somebody who, who wants to learn um, English as a second language. Invite them there. It's not just a language school. We do this so that we can help people know the, know the life-changing power of God. 
The other thing we do as a church is we do missions. Um, this, this year, we're sending two different teams to Thailand. Um, next Sunday, we're going to have one of our Thailand missions teams coming up here, and we're going we're to pray for them as a church. Uh, we have people from our, our campus in the West Shore going on the first trip. We have people from our campus going on the second trip. And, and we want to we be a, a missional church where we not just try and reach and change the West Shore, but we want to impact the globe as well. And so that is a part of who we are. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it has changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. In other words, Paul's reminding them that this good news that, 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 that they are spreading, it also impacted them as people. And as a church, we, we have a high priority on, on personal life change. Like your, your personal walk, your personal story. We want to help you understand who Jesus is. We want to help you experience hope and freedom and life. And that is who we are when we say that we're a house of hope. We want you to be able to find Jesus. And I'm honest enough to say, if you've been with us for any, any deal of time, being a Christian sucks sometimes. <laughs> and being a Christian is hard. And life is hard. And, and, and life can be very difficult. It's, it's un, um, it never ceases to amaze me how, how, how hard life can get. But Christianity, the, the, the hope of Jesus... The ability to see yourself the way God sees you. The ability to see a situation the way God would have you see a situation can change everything. And as we mentioned earlier, part of the way that we as a church um, um, provide discipleship opportunities, it's, it's all through life groups, all through small groups, all through um, being able to once a week, once every couple weeks, even once a month, gather together with, with people, normal people, and just explore the scriptures together. I want to show you a video um, of a couple in our church um, who have joined a small group, lead a small group, and have been impacted by God through that, and uh, then we'll take it from there. All right, direct your eyes to the screen. Hi, my name is Avalon. This is Erin and this is Eliana. I started going to Coastline in 2016. It felt like home from the beginning for me. I think it was on like the third date she invited me to a first Wednesday and that was amazing. It was like exactly what I didn't realize I was missing for so long. I think when I, when I first started coming back to church, uh, I forgot what it was like to have a faith. I guess it would have been 12 years or something, 10 years. And you, you, like the faith was just so real. The, the, the praying was just so real. Like everything about it was real. Like you could feel the Holy Spirit moving and I just knew that this was the church that I had to keep coming back to. We were in small group. We were doing this series by Francis Chan, I think it was or something. And mm -hmm. he just convicted us so strongly to like open our house to people and to kind of like surrender your life. And I think it was around that time where I definitely started questioning what my next step would be in the church and kind of we talked a lot and talked a lot and talked a lot and it was kind of funny because it was around the time where like we loved the small group we were in but it was around 
the time, that time where I kind of started talking to Avalon about maybe we should lead our own small group. And the craziest thing about it was I was just about to text Lucas like that day or the next day to kind of talk to him about not that we wanted to ditch him and start our own small group, but that maybe it's time for us to branch out and kind of do our own thing. And then I got a text from him asking me to meet him for lunch the next day or as like as soon as possible. And he asked me if I'd be willing, if Avalon and I would be willing to take over that small group. So it was scary. We didn't know what we were doing. I don't even feel like I know how to pray like in public or like in general, but we just kind of thought, well, this is our surrender moment. I guess we're just going to do it and let God do the work and we're just going to be the instruments kind of thing. Right after we got married, we decided we wanted to try to have a baby. We ended up having some difficulty. It took about a year until I kind of thought maybe I should go to the doctor just to see, make sure everything was okay, that we could have kids and everything looked fine. There was no reason that we couldn't or shouldn't be able to have a baby. Eventually we saw a fertility specialist and she basically said since it had taken as long as it had at that point, I think it was like a year and a half, almost two years, mm -hmm. She was like, there's less than a 5% chance that you'll ever have a baby. So um, that was hard. It was an emotional thing to kind of hear that it's probably not going to happen. And there's no good reason why other mm -hmm. than they don't know. We spent a lot of time worrying. We spent a lot of time crying. We spent a lot of time praying with our small group. All we could do was pray. All we could do was yeah. trust God and trust his timing. We definitely took advantage of our small group at the time to, to get vulnerable um, and to trust in the power of prayer or small group. I'd say probably once a month, someone was kind of sharing with the group that a prayer had been answered in some way or another. And mm -hmm. in a sense, that almost made it harder for us because our prayer wasn't being answered and wasn't being answered for so long. It was kind of funny. The day I quit my job, that was a very stable job, very much took <laughs> care of our family. The day I started my new job with complete unknown, I got home and she was pregnant. With our small group, it just so happened that when we found out we were pregnant, there were also five other girls that were also pregnant. And so now, like, I get to have that community of moms, and she gets to have that community of little friends. So God, God knew that she needed that, that I needed that. And now what's so cool is, is there's five moms all on maternity leave together. She's got people um, that are going through the same thing, you know, trying to raise a baby and all the struggles that come with that. And, and so she's got good community to share that with at the same time. For me, for anybody else that's going through challenges, having that community, having people to talk vulnerably with, like people that you're comfortable with, people that know you, know your life, know your family. I think that kind of is huge to help get you through when things do get hard. And then also to celebrate when things get better or when prayers are answered. She was the answer to her prayer. So of course, like, this gets to be her home too.
Avalon and our little baby hero who stole the show. Amazing. Uh, Josh, I'll invite you back up. Um, I could tell you all day, go join a small group. But what we saw in that video is just the purest representation of what it means just to do life in community with other people. I love how in a small group world, in the church world, essentially what God is saying is God's, God's, like God's rescue plan for humanity is to use broken people to help reach broken people. And when it comes to a small group, and when it comes to our church, and when it comes to us being a house of hope, there's a place, there's a place for everybody. And I'm glad that you're here. I want to close with this verse. It says in verse 7, you learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about your love for others and the, the Holy, what the Holy Spirit has given you. And part of being a house of hope is learning how to train and release and empower Epaphroses. Leaders, people who go out and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that is what Epaphras did in this church of Coloss and, 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 and his impact there impacted the entire community. And as we go out throughout this week, we're going to look through the rest of Colossians, or the rest of the month, rather. We're going to look through Colossians. We're going to, next week, learn about Epaphras and, and, and what does it mean to, to be a, a, a Christian? What does that look like as we step into the fall? But I want to invite you to stand as we get ready to close. Would you stand with me? You could be anywhere on the entire planet, but God has you here for this moment. And I've been a Christian long enough to, I've actually finally passed the point where I've been a Christian longer than I have not been a Christian in life. And I've come to learn something about God. It's that even when I can't see him, he is there. Even when I feel like I'm alone and abandoned, he's there. When I come to a, a church service, he's there. And what the, the, like the constant that keeps happening is God keeps showing up and the thing that I keep missing and the, keep that I often, the key that I often take for granted is that I don't need to pretend to be somebody I'm not in order for God to want to be a part of my life. The secret is actually just owning who you are. And in your brokenness, and in your weakness, your insecurities, your doubts, whatever it is, from that posture saying, okay, God, if you're real, if you're there, speak to me. And he'll continue to speak to us, challenge us, and grow us. So I want to pray for you. Band will sing, then we'll go eat some chocolate and cookies but I want to pray as we step into a new season Jesus in your presence right now
we gather and pray. And I pray for the weary and the lonely in this room today. I pray, God, that you would bring your peace. Father, I pray for the overconfident. I pray for the person in this room who says, you know what, I don't need this. God, I pray that you would help us all to see the spaces in our lives, Lord, where we could use you. Jesus, we give you this morning. And more specifically, God, may I be bold enough to pray, God, we give you this fall. And I pray, Lord, that you would show each of us what it means to be a part of a, a house of hope. God, that you show each of us what it means to, to grow in our faith and, and love people. That you show each of us what it means to be a Christian in the here and now as we step into the September. So God, we thank you for what you've done in the past. We thank you for what you're doing today. But God, we thank you in faith for what you're going to do this fall. And we pray that Holy Spirit, you would surprise us with who you are and what you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together.